We take orders from no one. Aligning yourself with the past does not bode well for your future. We share the same future. We can sit here as free men or servants of the Separatists. I am free, while you have chosen to become a terrorist. I'm not a terrorist. I'm a patriot, and resistance is not terrorism. and move milkers everywhere and welcome to episode 27 of blast points there's a little bit of rogue one stuff this week right yeah just a little bit and say i think entertainment weekly must have been hanging out with the gap band because uh they dropped a bomb on me this week <laughs> what will you become Rogue One bomb. Yeah, they're riding the party train. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot of crazy stuff this week. It was hard to keep up. Like, just when you think you could like take a breath, there was even more Rogue One news. And it was just randomly throughout the weekend, just stuff would pop up. All week, just more photos. More photos of Death Troopers. Yeah. So Troopers at the beach, Death Troopers in front of fire. That's the troopers playing with toys. <laughs> watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, watching Game of Thrones. Eating hot dogs. Checking Facebook. There was so much uh there was so much Rogue One stuff. There but there was a tiny bit of other Star Wars news, if you can believe it. So let's hurry up. Let's get through all those really quick so we can get to the Rogue One business. First of all, there was a tiny, tiny bit of episode eight news that wasn't news. Good. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight. So at the at a licensing expo in LA, right? People in the beginning of the week started freaking out saying that footage was shown. Right. But it actually wasn't, it was just the same old ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight thing that came out like in what, February or something? Yeah, so they just showed that again? They just that's all it was. <laughs> That's just kind of cruel. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, episode eight. And then it's just the same stuff. Yeah, I would burn down the screen. No. Alan Horn, Disney's Alan Horn, made a joke, though, that the title was coming soon. And people said that was a joke, but... I I don't think that's I don't think that's a joke. Yeah, you don't joke around about that. No. <laughs> that's serious. Yeah, don't joke around the title. So, I mean, I wonder do you think a title is coming? Do you think they'll do you think they do that a title at Celebration London? Yeah, I could see. I mean, they did a, just a tweet last time, didn't they, for Force Awakens? They did. They just announced it online. Yeah, it wasn't even like a big thing. It was just like, "Hey, this movie's coming and with the name of it." Yeah, I could see them doing it at Celebration cuz that's Something episode eight they can give the fans that doesn't really give much away. That's true. They don't if they, even if they don't show footage or anything, they're at least giving you something. I wouldn't imagine that they would even have. I mean, maybe they'll show photos at Celebration London. Maybe like during the Kathy Kennedy and Abrams presentation that we waited all night for. I remember, like, when they were talking, they'd just show, like, a photo of Chewbacca, and we were, like, ripping out the chairs. 
Yeah, that's a good, I can, yeah, that makes sense. I bet so they do do something like that. Then, yeah. Yeah, that that was it was hard to concentrate on them talking. No, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what was that? Is that new? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my god, it's Chewbacca and JJ Abrams. <laughs> Chewbacca. Hugging a stranger. <laughs> Did you see him? <laughs> Did you see Chewbacca? <laughs> Tell me you saw him too. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes are bleeding. I can't see the screen. Um <laughs> Explain it to me. <laughs> what do you see? Uh, so speaking of Celebration London Star Wars Celebration, what's up? What? They announced the panel schedule For the event Which is amazing, that's in like three weeks away Man, people, I'd be I'd be flipping out Yeah, well I was flipping out a little bit this weekend I think we both installed the uh, mobile app Just to pretend like we're going Hoping there'd be some tidbits or something in there Yeah, hoping like somewhere on the schedule It'd be like, yeah, and the guys from Blast Points Are coming too, surprise yeah. No no, 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 no. The, pa- the panels are all pretty great. Friday, you got the main stage. It starts out with Mark Hamill. There's the Rogue One presentation, which is going to be insane. But then Saturday, one that really killed me is the Creatures, Droids, and Aliens of Force Awakens with Neil Scanlon there. Oh, that'll be good. And they're going to be live demos of some of like the Creatures and Aliens, like the puppets and whatever the hell they built 60 portions man i hope they bring that to orlando too oh if g897 is there oh no yeah don't even think about that one (laughs) (laughs) he's probably gonna be he's probably the mc of the of the talk (laughs) he should be the stage host yeah yeah that that's gonna be great i mean i read they haven't announced yet for celebration london if they're gonna be um streaming that i mean i imagine they're gonna be recording it and if it's not streaming live it'll be up on youtube or if if it's not official, some maniac in the crowd's gonna record it and put it up on YouTube or something. So, but then the biggest news this week was without a doubt Rogue One. It was the only news, really. Yeah, and it we shouldn't have been surprised. But it did, in a way, surprise me. It kind of felt like out of nowhere. I know some people were saying they thought it was because people were freaking out about the reshoots, but this feels about the right time Entertainment Weekly would have stuff anyway. So I don't really feel like it was related to the reshoots freak out. Maybe the, specifically asking questions about the reshoots was related to that. But Yeah, I think it makes total sense because it's with Celebration in a couple of weeks, it's getting people talking right now. So then if there is a new trailer or something coming out of there, they, I'd say right now, people that had no clue what Rogue One was or thought it was going to suck or something because of the reshoot thing, that's kind of old news now. And I think if we were remembering correctly, too, with Force Awakens, like we started to get photos at, at uh, May the 4th even. So this is it's about time to start getting set photos. So it started on, what was it, like Wednesday when Entertainment Weekly put out the first thing we saw was the cover. Entertainment Weekly's exclusive first look at Rogue One features Felicity Jones on the cover as Jin Erso. We've got Felicity Jones leading this rebel strike force. She's very different from Rey and very different from Luke even. She's not this sort of wide-eyed innocent who's thirsting for adventure. Mexican actor Diego Luna is a rebel alliance officer. And this brand new character, yet to be revealed, a droid set to join the old favorites in the Star Wars galaxy. I was thinking, too, that since they actually spelled out his name finally, so we know how to pronounce it, K2SO, I think it's like, I love you so. <laughs> they should change his name. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you so. Yeah, I love you so is his new name. <laughs> K2SO is his old name. Start working on a t-shirt right now. <laughs> yeah, K2SO, I love you so. <laughs> and then the back will just say much. We're only 10 months from Celebration Orlando, you know? I, know. <laughs> I can iron on one letter a day. 
then you got like some little headshots of all the main characters, little descriptions of them, which were pretty, uh, which were pretty reveal more revealing than kind of th- than we knew before. Yeah, well, that was kind of the missing thing we got from the leak. Like we we saw everybody's face from that those leak pictures about a month ago. But none of the descriptions were correct, so now we have the correct descriptions kind of to go with those pictures. So it was, yeah. So we can run through them real quick. We had Jin Erso, she's got a checkered past. She's a survivor. She becomes a kind of Joan of Arc in the story, according to Kathleen Kennedy, which is interesting. State your name for the record. Jin Erso. Forgery of imperial documents, possession of stolen property, aggravated assault, resisting arrest. On your own from the age of 15, Reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. You got Captain Cassian Andor. He's a by-the-book rebel intelligence officer brought in to study the volatile, volatile Urso. Lots of experience. I think he's a potential somebody we could see in Rebels, maybe, then, you think? I'm really curious. I mean, we'll probably talk about it more when we get into Saw Guerrero too, like, I'm really curious if any of these people, if not all these people, somehow show up in Rebels in some amount. You got Chirut, which this one was really interested. They said he's not a Jedi, but he's devoted to their ways. Blind, warrior, believes in everything the Jedi were about. Yeah, it almost seems like um, he's similar to Lor Santeca in Force Awakens, where he's one of the like, Church of the Force kind of people who they know what Jedis are, and they're into what Jedis are, but they're not specifically Jedis. The map to Skywalker. We know you found it. And now you're going to give it to the First Order. The First Order rose from the dark side. You did not. So it's interesting that that's kind of a new faction in Star Wars that they're bringing into all the films. The first thing I thought is, well, he was, he was a Padawan, and he survived Order 66. I mean, the age would be about right. Yeah, that's. I didn't even think about that, man. You're right. And he's like, he had a little bit of Jedi training, enough, you know, like a very young Padawan amount of training. But he survived, and he's out there on his own, and he's got like maybe limited knowledge of the Force, but not like he probably wasn't trained in like lightsaber combat or anything. And it's not like he even has a lightsaber. And he, not that he could even call himself a Jedi, but he knows about the force i don't know yeah well you could almost i guess he's similar to maz kanata too or potentially she has some limited force powers but she's not by any means a jedi right i am no jedi but i know the force it moves through and surrounds every living thing close your eyes feel it so then you got uh, Baze Malbus, he, who he protects Chirut at all costs, understands his spiritualness but doesn't totally support it, goes along with the Force business as it's what his friend deeply believes. Cool? Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see the dynamic between those two. It sounds, it sounds interesting on paper. Yeah, like they said, it's like and a they look cool, like a C three PO R two D two relationship, or going back to uh, Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress, what three PO and R two were based on, which makes total sense. The one thing uh, about Hidden Fortress is it did influence me in doing Star Wars because as I was beginning to uh, write the screenplay and put it together, um, I remembered Hidden Fortress, and I remembered uh, the one thing that really struck me about Hidden Fortress, and I was really intrigued by was the fact that the story was told from the two lowest characters. I decided that that would be a nice way to tell the Star Wars story, which is to take the two lowliest characters, um, as Kurosawa did, and tell the story from their point of view, which in the Star Wars case is the two uh, droids. And, um, and that was the strongest influence, actually. I'm wondering at this point, too, if any of the crew is going to speak a non-English language and be subtitled, or if that's going to be too much reading for people well that i mean <laughs> that we might as well jump into that what about the alien buddies yeah well they knew people weren't ready <laughs> <laughs> they they really they really don't want anyone to, to have to get hurt before rogue one comes out so 
I bet you they're saving them for celebration too. I did think that was funny of like everybody saw the stuff that got leaked and they're just trying to distract. They're like, Oh, but Darth Vader's in it. Like to distract <laughs> everyone from the aliens. The, the, the chat from weird science guy. Hi dudes. Yeah. And then the screaming guy, like, well, they're part of the crew. Yeah. We saw that picture. We all saw it. You can't yeah, deny we it. We know they're there. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they're, they're trying not to talk about them. Um, you got B- Bodie Rook. Who went, I think, from everyone's least favorite. He's moving up the ranks <laughs> to maybe my most favorite because he definitely has the crazy binocular goggles. Yeah. Like the Lego figure. Yeah. He has the greasiest hair ever in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really fascinated by Bodie Rook. <laughs> he's, he's, his, uh, he's a pilot. And the the picture of him that Entertainment Weekly put out, he he looks like uh, somebody just walked into the party with a pizza. (laughs) I called the pizza dude. All right. Uh, Then you got uh, K2SO. Yep. uh, Security droid. He's tough, confident. He's not interested in human-cyborg relations. He's Chewbacca's personality in a droid body. Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready for this anthology anthology movie where it's just the k2so taking care of business movie (laughs) driving a truck with his long lost son going to arm wrestling competition yeah truck driving k2 i can't wait to hear what his voice sounds like i think that's going to be the deal breaker yeah i know i've i mean Man, yeah. Because I could see it being the, the super deep robot voice that everyone expects. Mm-hmm. But I could also see him just messing with everybody and giving them a, a battle trick voice or something. <laughs> so, or if they're really saying Chewbacca, maybe he's just going to be beeps and things. But just <laughs> angry. Like an angry R2-D2 voice. Uh, so then you got uh, Galen Urso. Jin's father, the galactic version of Oppenheimer. He's got knowledge sought by both the Empire and the Rebellion. Where Galen has been, considering Jin has been on her own for so long, that's a secret. So that's interesting comparing him to Oppenheimer because, like, he, you know, the atomic bomb, but then he later, like, regretted it. So... Right, so maybe the some of the stuff we were thinking before is going to be the case where... He helped him build the Death Star, and now he regrets it. Maybe he's the one that leaks information about the Death Star to the Rebels. I don't know. I really want to be curious as to what's so crazy about his clothes that they couldn't show it. Yeah, because at first when they had that picture of Mads Milkinson wearing like a plaid shirt, I was like, yeah. wait a minute. What? He's playing George Lucas. <laughs> Turns out the the Lucas is a species in Star Wars, and they all wear plaid shirts. The traditional, yeah, the traditional garb of the Lucas. <laughs> Blue jeans and dirty white tennis shoes. Yeah. That's just comfortable for me. That's all I want to do. I mean, space, we call it space opera, but it, people don't realize it's actually a soap opera. Yeah. And it's all about family problems and that kind of, It's not about spaceships. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's like his whole, he's a robot or something. Yeah. Like, why couldn't they show his shirt? Yeah. Just show what he looks like. Yeah. Or have they not filmed his scenes yet? Well, didn't he said for the reshoots, he's doing one day. Because who maybe he's only in that one day of filming. Could be. Uh, Yeah. It's a mystery. Well, you got th- if they show him in the past, it's flashbacks with probably like a little girl, Jen Erso, and I don't know like how they would even find him, or if he's on the Death Star, or like if maybe the Empire has him like in a prison on the Death Star or something. I don't know. And what's he wearing? That's so crazy. Yeah, is he part cyborg or something? Who knows? Uh, then you got uh, our favorite director. Director Krennic, and we found out Director Krennic's first name is Orson. Mm-hmm. Like, he couldn't get any better. Yeah. There's <laughs> no way, yeah, there's no way to say his name and not sound angry. It's Orson Krennic. Yeah. Orson Krennic. 
He's the Death Trooper commander. He wants to get that rebel uprising taken care of and, and impress his boss, Darth Vader. I thought his boss is the Emperor. Oh, maybe. I think they said he wants to get in the good graces of the Emperor, and he and him and Vader don't get along. Oh, well, that makes total sense. So, because then they specifically mentioned the Emperor in the uh, Entertainment Weekly article, which is kind of the first official acknowledging of the Emperor. Even though we knew the Emperor was going to be around, it makes me think that there's going to potentially at least be a hologram Emperor scene. Krennic talking to him. Yeah. So I think that's Vader. Here's my theory. Now it's Vader in the tank, and that's Orson Krennic kneeling before the tank. But why would he have a black robe on? He's got different robes. I don't know. <laughs> he's. I don't know. He's Orson Krennic. He's got a whole closet full of robes. Maybe on Saturdays Maybe. he wears his black robe. I don't know. That got me tripping out, though, because I'm just like, if they show Vader's face, like, I can forgive. Okay, so we can cut right to that, too. Vader's in the movie. No surprise. Vader's going to be played by a bunch of different giant dudes. James L. Jones is back at the voice. But if they show Vader in the tank and it's Hayden Christensen's face. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. I promise you. I will even learn to stop people from dying. My skin will start bubbling. <laughs> Riots in the streets. Yeah, I'll just melt into the chair. <laughs> Don't sit on me. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Entertainment Weekly guy made sure to say on Twitter that Hayden Christensen's not going to be in the suit. But that doesn't mean he's not going to be if, in the tank. If you say Hayden Christensen's not in the suit... That's very different from saying Hayden Christensen's not in the movie. If they were ever, if there was ever like kind of a world where they had some kind of Anakin's like backstory come in a flashback or whatever the way they do it, is that something you'd even be open to? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, in a heartbeat for sure. Um, being a part of that, that world um, was a huge deal for me and, um, you know, uh, was, was a good four or five years of my life and, uh, I have fond memories and uh, and 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 good friendships from from that whole time, but uh, I don't know if they ever gave me the call. I, I would I would I'd sign up in a heartbeat. Yeah. So then, last but not least, we found out that Forrest Whitaker is playing Saw Guerrera. I am free. Well, you have chosen to become a terrorist. I'm not a terrorist. I'm a patriot. And resistance is not terrorism. This is crazy. Which, that was really crazy. Like, what was it? Wednesday morning? Where they were like, at 2 o'clock, we're going to announce who Forrest Whitaker's character is playing. And hardcore Star Wars fans, you're going to freak out. And so, you had about a span of three hours of complete madness. Yeah. Where fans were going crazy. Pulling characters out of the sky, trying to think of the most obscure things they could possibly think of to think who Forrest Whitaker is playing. Stuff that made no sense. Like, yeah. It's Wedge. Is he Zuckus? Yeah. It's Wedge, yeah. <laughs> is it? Is it Panaka? It's Panaka's son. It's Queen Amadala. It's Queen Amadala herself. <laughs> <laughs> At last we are getting results. Um, she was always good at being... A decoy. <laughs> My royal bodyguard. Um, yeah. No one would guess <laughs> that Forrest Whitaker is really Padme Amidala. Usadi. I am Queen Amidala. Huh? This is my decoy. My protection. My loyal bodyguard. I'm sorry for my deception, but it was necessary to protect myself. So then everyone freaks out, and I think... Netflix crashes because everyone rushes off to go watch the Onderon arc again. Because yeah. everyone's like, I think I saw that one, but I don't remember what happened. Yeah, except for, you know, the True Bloods out there. There was the majority of people were just like, oh, yeah, that, those episodes. Okay. I got to watch those tonight. And then they're saying, coming out saying that Saw Guerrera was not only a character from Clone Wars, but he was also. 
somebody Lucas developed for again the like we were talking about in the Qui-Gon episode, the uh the live action show that never happened. Yeah, Saw's been kicking around for a while. A lot of people know him from Clone Wars, but he actually started off before that. George Lucas had him in mind for his live action TV series that he was in development, which ultimately never happened, but he found a place to put Saw into his story in Clone Wars. Which made me wonder, I wonder if the Andron arc is just kind of a if that was kind of a recycling of that live action show script. Oh, I bet you're right. I didn't even think about because yeah, time frame that was season five. So that was 2012. That was towards the end, and that was yeah the same season with Darth Maul, which where they brought in the uh, the Pikes, the cool like snakehead alien guys who were from the live action show as well. And if if you watch that Andron arc and you think about it, if you take out Ahsoka, and I can't remember her boyfriend guy's name, but if you take out Ahsoka Lux. and them, yeah, Lux, you take them out, they don't, you know, you don't really, they're not like super duper important to the story. They're there. Like there's a couple times when Ahsoka like almost takes her lightsaber out and then she's like, oh no, I'll wait. You know, so Ahsoka's not really doing a lot there. Yeah, she's more of an observer and could have been a different character. Lux, yeah. I wonder if he would still be in there because unless they changed it after the fact, his mom was a character earlier in the season. And if she was the senator from Andoran, it made sense that he was there. Sure. But yeah, they could have, it could have been the same story. I guess it could have even been a different planet initially. Sure. But yeah. Could have been anywhere. No, I was just going to say that we've been wondering if, if they were ever going to basically start bringing the animated characters to live action. And now they've done it it seems like kind of the floodgates are open for the future of what they could do and who they'll cross over what's what's really wild to me too to think about is there even if he's the only character crossing over he's a character who's who knows anakin obi-wan ahsoka he trained with rex yeah he's had some interaction with with hondo and luck so i mean there's a lot of somewhat major either film or Clone Wars characters that this person at least has interacted with and far and knows about. So how that carries over into the movie, like, you know, he could start talking about Rex and Ahsoka because yeah. he knows them. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's something that we all knew could happen, but I don't think anyone expected it to happen. Yeah. Cause I almost like I could see them if they had picked a character who was just like, a character in an episode who didn't really interact with the main cast, but like, I don't know. That just seems like a big deal that maybe Rex will be there and they'll hug each other. (laughs) (laughs) So you rewatched the whole Onderon arc. I did. How did, how was it for you? You didn't watch it again? Oh, I did. (laughs) It was, you know, it was weird because I was one of the people that I remembered when I said it was Saw, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember those. But for whatever reason, I think because that was the season, well, it was, was this, it was after the, um, wasn't there a Maul episode that yeah. started the season? Yeah, there's like one Maul episode, and then it goes straight into four Andron episodes. I think after the Maul stuff going into this, I was a little, I don't know, the first time. Even not bored, but like, I think I forgot to watch the fourth episode for some reason. I missed it. So going back, it was nice to actually see the end, but I enjoyed it a lot more this time. Because the first time I watched it, it was kind of like, oh, this is cool. This is like the grassroots beginning of the spirit of the Rebel Alliance. And because I always kind of looked at the Rebel Alliance as kind of being like terrorists. Yeah, that was the thing I thought was neat, too, is that in a seem like a George Lucasy kind of thing where it's acknowledging the fact that the Rebel Alliance really, in a way, are terrorists, but... They even they have the line in the show to kind of where where in their mind the difference between being a terrorist and a you know, revolutionary or freedom fighter is. But yeah, I mean it's kind of setting up the whole: are the rebels really terrorists, and is that really a bad thing? And I think now knowing if if Saw Gerrera didn't exist and he wasn't there, then probably those rebel plans would never get to Princess Leia. And, you know, the whole chain of events of the Star Wars trilogy would never happen. Yeah. Well, and they even talk about in the Entertainment Weekly article the idea that the Death Star is such a big threat 
that it kind of forces the different rebel groups to come together. And that Saw's group is kind of the extremist group of the rebel order. And that even they're a little uncomfortable with him, but they need, they need everybody to, to take on the Death Star. And I wonder who it is that in the Rebel Alliance remembers Saw Gerrera. Well, at least Mon Mothma does. Yeah. Which, you know, real quick, we didn't talk about too much, but the fact that they kind of acknowledge that Mon Mothma has a, isn't just a cameo, that she's kind of has a role to play in the movie. That's so, pretty exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Well, and it, it's interesting, too, that, like, Saw Gerrera's name was dropped on Rebels. We all have things we won't forget. I remember my first unit. The boys and I were deployed to Onderon to bring peace and security to a troubled world. We were on a routine patrol and ran into one of your rebel friends, a Lassat mercenary who worked for Saw Gerrera. I was lucky, knocked out by the first blast. I came to, but found I couldn't move. And then I saw him. And they mentioned him in Bloodline. So it's almost like they've been telling us, like, hey, think about Saw Gerrera. Yeah. And then I don't know if you saw the picture that the clue kind of was there the whole time, too, with um, in the shot with him with the cane. His kind of under armor has the little markings on the shoulder or yeah. on the, the right chest place the little lines that he does in the Clone Wars cartoon. So there is a slight visual hint that he saw Gurra even before they announced it, back yeah. when the Forrest Whitaker with bald head shots came out. Yeah, which is interesting that he had the bald head, and now in the pictures that Entertainment Weekly put out, he's got crazy wild man hair. And I'm really curious if they're going to have because a lot of people are like, why does he have the blue eyes? If they are going to give him the blue eyes and they just there was something they're going to do in post and they didn't do it they didn't show us that version yet because they didn't want to give it away. Well, and Pablo had a really good response because someone asked him that on Twitter. And he said he, he get, must have gotten the same bug that happened to Count Dooku. And he posted a picture of Christopher Lee and then Clone Wars Count Dooku. Oh, no, my friend. This is a mistake, a terrible mistake. They've gone too far. This is madness. But that's, I don't know, that's one little thing that I like in the cartoon that it, it makes them look somewhat alien, like they're from a different planet without being, like, an obvious alien. I was going to say, but maybe with Donnie Yen being blind, that's just, like, too much eye stuff going on. Could be. What will you do when they catch you? What will you do if they break you? If you continue to fight... Now that this is out in the open, and in a few weeks we're going to learn a lot more about Rebels Season 3, I don't know how much Filoni is going to be like, yeah, guess what? We got Mon Mothma coming in. We're going to, maybe Saw Gerrera shows up, or maybe the Rebels crew meets this meet Saw Gerrera's little faction group. Who knows? I mean, there could be like a crazy Rogue One episode of rebels coming up yeah well especially if yeah they made a point to to mention him in uh agent callus's backstory and kind of mentioning him in a bad light that basically he sent a what a bounty hunter or a mercenary that was just killing everybody so like basically Sagrera is potentially a good guy but he's hiring really bad guys to do work for him right go out um, and, so yeah go out and mess could, stuff empire stuff up yeah, so I could totally see that being a rebels, uh, a rebels episode, kind of laying down what the the differences between the different rebel factions are and how kind of close to being bad guys some of them may be. Like Saw Gerrera and all of his kind of guerrilla military tactics were kind of taught to him by, like we were saying, Anakin, Obi Wan, and Ahsoka, and like even yeah. the rocket launchers he got that he loved were from Hondo. So kind of his first taste of like a more organized strike is from these Clone Wars characters. Yeah. Cause specifically too, like this whole kind of insurgency terrorist kind of thing 
came from Anakin with the help of Rex, which I think, you know, was intentional to kind of show that Anakin, you know, wasn't afraid to try something new and potentially not as honorable as things in the past, maybe, but doing something, doing things that worked, whether or not they were the honorable thing to do. Kind of the idea of like, let's just fight them. Yeah. Or what, yeah, what doing whatever it takes, whatever. Yeah, no. However, you know, moral it is. No. If the, end, the ends justify the means, I guess, is kind of where Anakin's coming from. Yeah, no Jedi diplomacy or the negotiator or anything like that. But I've, that episode, that whole arc, well, one, the fact that uh, Onderon is like the 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 bird people planet kind of, I think it was in the comics in a way. Cause they had those flying things and that, you know, I guess going back to saw potentially, I, don't, I doubt he'll do it in rogue one, but we know that, you know, saw likes to ride around on flying dinosaur birds. Yeah. So, so wait, so Onderon was around for a while before the Onderon arc in Clone Wars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was one of those EU things that kind of became official because of Clone Wars. And it was in what the way back the Tales of the Jedi comics. It was in Knights of the Old Republic too. So it ended up in some of the Knights of the Old Republic comics. And then a later version, timeline wise, of Onderon is in the the Dark Empire comics. So it's been a Star Wars thing for a while before Rebels or Clone Wars kind of made it official. Were the flying dinosaur birds, and they were in the comics and stuff before then too. I think so because I think there was a whole like Beast Riders of Onderon thing going on yeah it was in the tales from the jedi comic where the like the jedis are riding around on the birds i think when you first see sagrera and he comes down avatar style riding on a giant bird i was like oh man i hope in rogue it's not gonna happen but i hope in rogue one forrest whitaker's riding around on a giant bird yeah i guess it could right why not why not because that's the thing you you brought it up first that the planet sure looks like Onderon in the movie. Like, yeah. the palm trees aren't purple, but that's, if it's not, it's so close. That's the first thing I thought when they said it's Saw Gerrera. I was just like, well, then is the beach planet, is that Onderon then? Because would he stay there? It sure, I mean, it sure looks like it. Yeah, and there's even, I think that was the thing in the later Dark Empire comics, is there was an Empire Imperial base on Onderon in those comics. So, like, that's not too far from what's going on in this, you know, if they're borrowing from the EU, there was a Imperial base there that the rebels took out. I mean, even all the stuff like where like Jyn Erso was shooting the stormtroopers and Chira is busting up the stormtroopers with his staff. And it kind of looks like a crashed bombed out city. I mean, that's not too far off from the Onderon capital city that we see in Clone Wars. Yeah. I thought the same thing. The other thing I thought, which was kind of strange, is the the downtown, like pretty parts of Andron, really looks like the episode eight stuff they were filming in uh, Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik, yeah, had a similar look. Which, not to say that that's Andron too, but it was interesting how similar it did look. Everything. But yeah, I mean the markets and everything. I, I like to think of yeah, it was the shot with the tank, and then the stormtroopers walking down the street. That it it looks like it might be that planet. Which would which be, I mean, there's birds there. Yeah, there's then somebody better be flying on a giant bird. This is outrageous. It's outrageous. This is outrageous. But the other thing with the episode is, man, it was like, if you love battle droids, it was like battle droid dream episode because there was regular battle droids. There was the commando droids. There was super battle droids. There was the awesome, super ornate, painted, fancy, Cylon-sounding droid commander. You can control the people of Onderon. But you won't sustain it against their will. What you're doing guarantees others will take his place. They too will suffer. And then there was the droid, uh, the droid copter dropship things, mm-hmm. which we only got to see in the um, Kashyyyk battle in Revenge of the Sith. Those show up, and then they even say "by your command" like a Cylon to the Cylon-sounding general dude, which was funny. Well, oh, I didn't pick up on that, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say "by your command." Um, and, and then there's the one, oh, when they're torturing uh, Saw, there's the, like, EV-99 looking robot mm-hmm. with, a mon- with the monocle. 
Where are the other terrorists? Antoron, it's our system, not yours. <laughs> In the background, torturing him, which I thought was great. So it's kind of like, I guess that kind of droid are basically torturing people droids. <laughs> That's what they're programmed to do. Um, but yeah, actually, it was another Saw thing. It was, you know, he basically was tortured by the Separatists. So, you know, that's got to leave some scars. I, you know, he's another, he's a, it's just interesting to have a character who is so tied to the Clone Wars and prequel era in a original trilogy timeline movie. Because really, other than Vader or Obi-Wan, we haven't had that type of character. For fans like us that love the prequel era and love Clone Wars and all that stuff, kind of them extending a line from there to here, you know, is a direct connection is just, is great. You know, cause they're all those, I remember when force awakens before it came out being like, they're done. Pre- they're never talking about the prequels ever again. You yeah. know, like that crap never happened. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to remake episode one and do it right this time. You know, like it, it's, they're not even acknowledging that it happened. They're bringing an animated character from the Clone Wars and putting him in the movie and having Forrest Whitaker play him. It's insane. Yeah. It's great. Dude, it's really, I guess, adding to the fact that this movie is the official bridge movie between the prequels and the original trilogy, That since it happens right in between. I mean, closer to four than three, but it is kind of the the transition time and actually having a character from Clone Wars to add to that transition is really cool. But that made me think of something that Kennedy said that it's 19 years after Revenge of the Sith. So then it really is happening. It's wild to think that Rogue One, while Rogue One's happening, like Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker is on the moisture farm in Tatooine. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Like, it's happening right before A New Hope. Yeah. So then, but how old was Leia in last season's episode of Rebels? Wasn't she, how old, was she 16? Did they say how old she was, or was it implied that she was 16? They said she was the same age as Ezra, for the most part, I think. But yeah, so maybe it's a couple years before. That sounds about right timeline, though. Maybe like three years before A New Hope. So I wonder when Rebels season three will take place because if that was three years before a new hope yeah we'll see how far they jump i mean they only only have to they just even just jump a year ahead they're still kind of in the ballpark i even if they jumped a year ahead like where they left ezra like well man well what happened in that year they kill everybody on the ghost like (laughs) (laughs) the season restarts and it's everyone's dead and ezra's just (laughs) hanging out with chopper <laughs> even chopper is like taken off like dude you too much dude i can't take you yeah. it's crazy how uh how this kind of shakes things up in a way of things we thought would happen or potentially would see but now that they're actually really happening it's 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 exciting well did you see also that somebody posted online in the uh the Revenge of the Sith, the Art of Revenge of the Sith book, on pages 14 and 15, like when, like famously Lucas for Revenge of the Sith told the art department to come up with like 50 planets or something. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a beachhead planet or a reef planet, as they call it, where it's just like, just ocean. Oh, interesting. So... I mean, it kind of, I mean, if it looks like anything, there's that one picture that was in Entertainment Weekly of all the troopers kind of wading through the water. Yeah. If anything, the colors in this um, this Revenge of the Sith production art is kind of similar. Which came first, the art or the script? The artist started working definitely before he started writing. But the artist never worked in a complete void. He would say, there's... Uh, there are seven battles happening on seven planets. You know, let, let's see what that looks like. And then they would go and, and do their thing. And then he would say, well, you know, I think this planet needs to be more, you know, or less red. This looks too much like Geonosis. So then the next week they do something different. Yeah, I wonder what they're... Because they can't go 
I mean, they've already had Camino, which is all water. Mm-hmm. And then we have Achu from Force Awakens, which is, as far as we've seen, a lot of water and just some islands on it. Yeah. So I wonder if this is a half land, half water kind of planet where there's just a huge, there's huge oceans. Because that was something with Onderon in the Clone Wars. They never really showed if there was water or a lot of water. Yeah, which, which I was thinking while I was watching it. I was like, this totally could be Onderon because there could be a beach. I mean, there's palm trees. The, the Empire, Imperial base could be on the near the coast somewhere. Right. Where it's slightly different. And, you know, the anthology movie seems more of a showing things that existed before but showing them in a movie as opposed to just going someplace new so yeah maybe it will be you know we'll find out maybe we'll find out a celebration we could well and that's an interesting thing too that kennedy was talking about that as of a couple weeks ago or whatever they're still trying to figure out how they're going to open rogue one are they going to do a crawl or something different or will each of the anthology movies have its own kind of signature opening yeah, I was. It was cool to hear Kathleen Kennedy saying that, since that was something we've talked about so much. But I was a little worried hearing her talk about it because I would have thought they would have figured it out by now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's a really kind of what do you do? Yeah, it's a tough. It's a tough problem to figure out. Yeah, I don't know because they're potentially stuck with it. If they decide they didn't like it, it might be weirder to stick with something they don't like for all the anthology movies than to do something different every time. I say if, 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 if Kathy Kennedy called me up and said, what, what do you think? Or, Hey, blast points. You guys seem to, you guys, you guys know, you guys are right about everything. What do you guys, I would say don't have any set thing and have every, movie open up uniquely don't have like a signature opening for the anthology films and if the han solo movie wants to open up with a cartoon open it up with a cartoon han solo 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 yeah maybe for the it's best to not even have to just start like a regular movie and not even try to be a thing. The starting should fit the feel of the movie as opposed to a uh, preset template. So you look at the Marvel movies and they all kind of have, I like how they each one opens completely differently. And it's not like a set. It's not like James Bond where it doesn't have the gun barrel fruit sequence in the beginning and people freak out, you know? <laughs> All, all of Pablo Hidalgo's tweets about Saw were pretty informative yes. as well. Yeah, he Pablo Hidalgo, I think on like Thursday or something, was laying down the law over on Twitter. Class was in session. And then their teacher, Professor Hidalgo, came up to the podium. It's kind of, Saw as a character is pretty serious in a way. Because it's kind of, you know, if you tie it into real world stuff. I think the tweet where he says how he was militarized by the Republic to fight a proxy war against their worst enemy, and then a generation later he becomes their worst enemy, which is very, in real-world terms, kind of how things happened in the Middle East, where there were groups that we were funding because they were fighting people, the Russians, we didn't like. Was it bad that but the whole time I was just thinking about Rambo 3? How we live, John. Day by day. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's really what it is, right? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, actually, it makes me always makes me laugh too. Thinking of um, since we're getting it's serious time on blast points, um, <laughs> the living daylights. We're basically at the end that he gets saved by you know it's like Al Qaeda saves him as yeah. the hero, yeah. <laughs> you know. But if you made that movie today, it was like that wouldn't be the hero at the end. And it's crazy too that the capital of Andron is ISIS. <laughs> Spelled with, spelled with Z's, but it's kind of like it's just weird how that all kind of worked out. That there's this Star Wars planet about terrorism and its capitalist ISIS. Kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, 
<laughs> a little um, yeah. <laughs> they should do a Clone Wars special edition and just change it to Bibbly Boo. <laughs> Happy Lind. <laughs> just a voice. Town. <laughs> we have to go to the capital of Happy Land. Yeah. <laughs> if Chira is part of his group, what his feelings towards the Jedi are. In Rogue One. Yeah, man, that's a good point that we have. Basically, Chirrut, who is all about the Jedi and potentially has history with the Jedi. Then we have Saw, who obviously has history with the Jedi. And at least initially, you would think has a positive feelings with them. But after Order 66 and the whole way the Republic and Clone Wars ends up, maybe his feelings with the Jedi have changed. So, yeah, there's some potential for some really interesting dynamics, I think, between the crew. Yeah, or if he likes having Chirrut part of his crew because he's like having a Jedi as part of your squad or at least someone with force, even moderate force abilities is good because Ahsoka did really try to save his sister. Yeah, and at the end of the the episode, he didn't seem to be to resent Ahsoka like it was her fault. I mean, he felt like it was his fault. Yeah. You know, I wonder too with since like the leaked photo from before of the crew with the aliens didn't have Saw in it, and also the Lego sets don't have Saw. Is maybe Saw is? I mean, maybe they do go to Underon, and Saw's already there. Yeah, and he's more of like a destination. They go and they meet him, and he he's the Obi Wan or something that gives them some information and then he's there at the end of the movie but maybe he's not as big of a character as we think i I don't know or his lego set comes with him riding a bird there you go and they didn't want people to freak out (laughs) (laughs) because i would have probably just stopped even looking at rogue one new just stop (laughs) living quit your job yeah and just like i print out the picture of him riding the bird and be like this is all i need to see move move to a cabin in the woods yeah. Leave it Just all. Look, look at it every morning. <laughs> Go off the grid. Yeah, I'm going off the grid till December. <laughs> what will you become? So before we started recording, I went to Twitter. I asked some listeners on Twitter as two questions. Uh, what was the highlight of Rogue One news for you last week? And... Crawl, no crawl, how do you expect Rogue One to open? And we got a couple responses here. Uh, We got one from our loyal listener, Emily. She's at EmilyDiane42 on Twitter. She said, this is good, Uh, she said, I was excited that we're getting baby bear porridge levels of Vader. Not too much, not too little, just the right amount. (laughs) Which I agree, Emily, completely, because like, if, you know, a little bit of Vader goes a long way. And they got, like, a whole story to tell with, like, a billion characters. And you put too much Vader in there. And then it's the Darth Vader movie. Yeah. Well, it's almost it's like it turns into Luke and Force Awakens where it's like you got to introduce the new characters before you throw Luke in the mix. Because as soon as Luke's there, everyone's going to be like, what's Luke going to do? I like, so. I like the idea of leaving Vader as like talked about a lot in the movie, like you said, very much like Luke in Force Awakens. But then when he finally does show up, he's just like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good analogy that it probably will be like the inverse of Force Awakens where everyone's talking about Vader and afraid of Vader. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Vader, then when Vader shows up, it's like, oh, yeah. Well, then it will make total sense if somebody one day watches one, two, three, Rogue One, four, five, six, and then all of a sudden in the beginning of four, oh, here comes Vader, and he's after those Death Star plans choking people out. So mm-hmm. the Death Star plans are not in the main computer. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? What have you done with those plans? We intercepted those transmissions. Uh, uh, this is a consular ship. We're on a diplomatic mission. If this is a consular ship, where is the ambassador? Commander, tear this ship apart until you found those plans and bring me the passengers. I want them alive. So then our friends at uh, Generation X-Wing podcast talking about how it will open. 
Uh, it will be Snoopy on a Tantive-shaped doghouse with his typewriter hammering out it was a dark and stormy galaxy. <laughs> if it opens up with Snoopy, I won't be surprised. So, so thank you, Emily, and thank you, Generation X-Wing Podcast. Here's the Star Wars X-Wing fighter and the Star Wars TIE fighter. Spaceships and Luke Skywalker sold separately. Batteries not included. I'll get you this time, Luke. Reactivate X-Wing. Both with flashing lights and sound. Ahead, there go the solar panels. And Darth Vader got away. Force is with me. Luke Skywalker wins again. Kenner's Star Wars X-Wing fighter, TIE fighter, and action figures all sold separately. If you, if you can believe it, we have a question from kids. Truly wonderful, the mind of a child is. Oh, all right. And this goes back to our Qui-Gon episode, the Qui-Gon-a-thon. I'm glad kids are listening to Qui-Gon episodes. Yes. <laughs> Remember, concentrate on the moment. Feel. Don't think. Use your instincts. I will. May the force be with you. This one's from Liam, age six, and he says, Why is Anakin a ghost in Return of the Jedi when he didn't train to live forever like the other ghost guys? And then he has a follow-up question. How do you even train to live forever? I think the first half, I always felt like when Vader's meditating that Qui-Gon's talking to him whether he wants to hear it or not. Oh, I like that. And that maybe that's one of the reasons he's always meditating is he's trying to figure out why Qui-Gon's talking to him. Why is he hearing Qui-Gon's voice? Hmm. Like Qui-Gon is part of his subconscious. Yeah, and he doesn't, like Yoda was at the beginning, he doesn't know what it is. I don't know. What do you think? It isn't spelled out specifically in the films, but it kind of is. There's two people that knew the secret to eternal life. There was Darth Plagueis and there was Qui-Gon. But both of them knew it Plagueis knew it in a Sith way to kind of gain more power. Qui-Gon knew it in a very Jedi way, which was very selfless to help others. Plagueis taught it to Palpatine. Palpatine kills Plagueis. So Palpatine knows the secret to eternal life. So perhaps he did actually teach it to Vader, Anakin. So then this is a skill that Anakin knew. But then perhaps when he dies, and he dies as a Jedi, and he's renounced his Sithness, perhaps this skill then is interpreted through the Jedi way, because he dies a Jedi. Mm, that's an interesting way to think about Because, yeah, you could almost say that the reason that Vader, who's completely just like a torso with robot parts, similar to Maul, is able to stay alive is because of the dark side. So he's kind of using the dark side version of eternal life. And the same with Palpatine being, you know, old and potentially burned too, that they're using the, uh, the dark side version to basically extend their lives. Right. And that when he turns back to a Jedi, yeah, that's, I mean, it's not spelled out, but that's kind of what I've always thought. But, and, and the follow up question, how do you even train to live forever? Uh, it's got something to do with the wills. I don't know. They didn't. They didn't tell us that one. Yeah, but I think you definitely have to go isolate yourself for years, either in the desert or the jungle. Yeah, somewhere you got to spend a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah, and if if it is the wills, I mean, how did Plagueis? How did he find that out? I don't know. Yeah, well, unless Plagueis is way is different it's keeping your body alive as opposed to keeping your spirit alive uh, which would be a very more sift thing yeah is it possible to learn this power not from a jedi well good questions liam Uh, so if you like this episode, uh, please head over to iTunes if you're listening on iTunes and leave us a five-star review on there. And if you write something really nice, we'll read it on the next show. I promise. And you can get a hold of us uh, over on Twitter, blast underscore points. You can tell us what you thought of all this Rogue One madness. Um, tell us what you want us. Tell us what you think about hoop jibs. You can. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite Star Wars record, book, and record? Yeah. Please let us know. 
and maybe in four weeks we'll get to that episode <laughs> sometime before 2017 um, you should like the Blast Points Facebook page you can talk to us on there you can send us messages uh, we got a Blast Points Instagram page where we post a bunch of pictures Get, they can head over to doomrocket.com read a bunch of Star Wars stuff that I write on there Clone Wars recaps and stuff like that it's all good stuff it's all good stuff so yeah join us uh, next week for we're going to be talking about something in episode 28 who knows yeah you'll find <laughs> out <laughs> hopefully we'll find out first <laughs> um, on behalf of Blast Points thanks for listening thank you may the force be with you Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. staring at the the picture of the death troopers holding the little stormtrooper toy oh yeah we didn't even talk about that <laughs> damn it yeah but i keep wondering like it's funny because i think about is uh i'm gonna get you sucker where they're like how did he go to the bathroom with all this stuff on <laughs> <laughs> because in that picture he's got like a belt with another belt over it and some shoulder straps with other packs like he's got so much gear those death troopers yeah.